Hey guys, thanks for watching Ike Live. It's brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box. Please check them out. They've got a great product. Go to mysterytacklebox.com. If you use the coupon code Ike Live, you get 50% off Sweet. your first Pro Box. That's $12.50 <laughs> for a almost $50 value of baits in this box. How's everybody doing tonight? I hope you're having a wonderful Friday night. Welcome to a uh, impromptu Ike Live fireside chat. Um, man, I've got uh, super, super special guests with me tonight. Uh, one of the beauty, beautiful things about being in the sport of professional fishing um, is not just the fishing opportunities, but the, the guys I get to meet, um, the friends I get to make through the sport. It's unbelievable. And I've got a guy sitting next to me that uh, I met today for the first time. I didn't want to tell him earlier that I was a closet stalker fan for the last three or four years, but maybe I just said that now. Uh, but I, I, I got a chance to fish with this guy, hang out with this guy, and I'm so excited to introduce the one and only Lane Johnson tonight here. Appreciate How you doing, man? Hey, we had us a day today. Dude, we had, we had a good time. First of all, thank you for coming. By the way. Let me also let us let everybody know they can't see him, but Gabe's in the back. Gabe Wrangle. <laughs> yes, Gabe's your Gabe's your trainer, yep. your your confidant, your friend. Yeah, he's the he's he's the guy behind everything. He he makes all the big decisions. He makes big decisions. <laughs> big and decisions. by the way, Gabe, ex Marine, thank you for your service, Gabe. We appreciate that so much. Thank you. Uh, but this is this is awesome. So give you a little bit of background. So Becky is sort of in the world of professional fishing. Everything's like a quarter of what it is in mainstream other yeah. sports. Yeah. So Becky's sort of my agent, right? So mm -hmm. Becky says, oh, my God, you're not going to believe it, but but Lane, Lane wants to actually come out and fish with you. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, That's a, I'm like you're, you're, you're pulling my leg. I'm yeah. like, there ain't no way. And and like she's like, show me like the email from your other guy that's like, Ryan, yeah. and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, this is so freaking cool this is about seven years overdue i should have done it, done it when i first got here it, it's unreal but it is it is beautiful we talked about this in the boat earlier which mm -hmm. is fishing hunting the outdoors they it brings people together from yeah. other walks of life yeah well you get out there and you get away from technology and it's just you and the the water and the and fishing and so you get great conversations and you yeah can, you can get a whole lot accomplished out there on the water too so you it's can uh, always a good time. You can. All right. So let's get right to it. Uh, before we get into this, I do want to do want to let everybody know that we fish today. Okay. <laughs> now I know I know what you're thinking right now. If you live in the Northeast, if you're anywhere from Maryland to New York, I know what you're thinking. You're crazy. No way you guys fish today. Did we fish today? Yeah, we did. I'm from Texas. <laughs> so. On a scale from one to ten, Lane, how cold was it out there? How cold? How bad was it? Well. The wind chill and everybody can act tough, and it usually everybody tries to do that in the beginning. But towards the end, the knuckles are you can't you can barely feel them. The hands cold, cold. So it was cold. So when the ice, when the rods on the ice, uh, that's a telltale yeah. sign of how cold it actually was. Yeah, so they started freezing over. Yeah. And so yeah, you know it's cold. It's cold. So we went out today, and um, our expectations were pretty low. I told as soon as you guys got here, yeah, I didn't first thing I said anything. to you, I said please can we take a rain check can we yeah. do this another time yeah. uh low expectations but 
we did make it happen today. I mean, we actually caught some. So I was, I told Gabe even coming in, I was like, hey, this, this, you know, we, I've been around some, but yes, so this isn't just prime conditions. <laughs> yes, we caught fish today. Believe it or not, we caught fish, and uh, it, typical South Jersey cold front conditions. Fish weren't active, but we ended up catching some pickerel and some yellow perch. And this one's going to be hard for me to admit, but I'm going to go ahead and admit it. I pride myself in being a decent fisherman. Mm. And who caught the first fish today? I did, Coach. There you have <laughs> it. There you have it. Lane caught the first fish on a chatterbait. Chatterbait. Of all baits, the freaking bait that works anywhere you go, a chatterbait. Uh, it's interesting. I wanna, I'll be honest with you. So we've had opportunities to fish with celebrities and athletes and guys from all walks of life. And I've had a lot in my boat over the years that, you know, you, you say, all right, here's what we're going to be doing, and you hand them a spinning rod. And the first thing they do is the spinning reel is upside facing down. Them, facing them. It's, the spinning reel is upside down. They don't know how to cast it. That's how you got to start your day. Yeah, hey. so I, 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 want, I do want to talk you up a little bit here. So I gave Lane a spinning reel. I was so happy you, you knew how to hold it right. But about like 10 minutes in, I could just tell him, like, I could tell finesse ain't your game. And you, I, I could kind of see you looking around a little bit. And I'm like, you fish a casting reel? And you said, I'd rather fish a casting reel. So yeah. I dug in there. How is Growing up where you grew up, growing up in Oklahoma, in Texas, in that part of the country, yeah. was, was, fishing, was fishing a casting reel, was that something that, just came naturally as your family. Yeah. Well, I had, two, I had two older cousins on my dad's side, so um, and one of them's I think nine years older, and he fishes tournaments, and then the other one's five. But that's all he did was fish, and so every right. time I was around them, that's all we did. So it went from from a you know a handy dandy Zebco, and then it went to bait casts, and you know after a few times of backlashing, you kind of get the hang of it. So that's, yeah, that's what I rather. rather yeah. So. You feel more comfortable. Feel comfortable, yeah. I remember yeah. the first really I, I think I ever got was a Shimano bait cast, and boy, you could sling. If you could put a spoon on it, you could sling it out there, good boys. Way, way out there. Way out uh, there. Let me stop real quick, and I want to introduce the rest of the cast tonight. Uh, of course, I can't <laughs> do this by myself because I don't know anything about this shit. Uh, pushing buttons tonight, we have the one and only producing the show. We have Brian the Carpenter. Brian, how you doing tonight? How hey, you doing? I'm good, man. Good to see you. Good uh, to see you. Good to see you. Good and, to see you, Lane. Yeah. Hey, and good of, to see you. And of course, next to Brian, we have the one and only Zach, the intern, aka Zog. Hey, what's going on? Hi, Zog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that one. I like the Zog one. I like oh, yeah, Trevor I do too. better. You like the Trevor? Trevor. Better? Yeah. So he's got two nicknames already. All right. Trevor and Zog. Which, Which one, one are you now? Are you Trevor? Yeah, I'm Trevor right okay. now. All right, All Trevor. Right. All right. Uh, <laughs> also, real quick, I do have to throw in uh, Brian the Carpenter. You stopped by a Founders Brew. Yeah, little little tap takeover that they had tonight. <laughs> tap takeover. Tap takeover. And you brought back two crawlers yes. of French toast. French toast bastard. <laughs> I feel yeah. like a bastard right now. It's done hitting me a little bit. I had a couple before I got here. <laughs> and, if, I'm, uh, if I'm being honest. Apparently, I popped the brain cell that was holding the word for right. those bastard in it. So listen, if, if nobody hears any audio right now, if her lips are just moving, it's all Brian's fault because he's drunk tonight off of these. Uh, really good. I, I would say it doesn't even taste like beer. Becky, Gabe, back me up on this one, Becky, Gabe. Have you tasted it yet? Yeah. Oh, my, oh my God. God. What, what are you doing? you got to try this one. Uh, so it is French toast 
bastard. French, French toast bastard. It's a Scotch ale. Scotch ale. It, it tastes like dessert. It's ridiculous. It's an 11% beer. So Hala. good. Uh, It'll sneak up on you. Oh, my God. Becky, get in there. 11%. Lean down, it, girlfriend. It does not taste like beer. It tastes like dessert. Tastes like dessert. That would Really, really, really. Tastes like a good Friday night. <laughs> That's right. Unbelievable. Um, get, getting back to it. So I, 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 I do, do want to talk, talk about this because I feel like when you grow up in the South, mm-hmm. when you grow up in Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, fishing, hunting, it's a part of, it's a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Am I right with that? Yes. I mean, it's a part of well, the culture. One thing that's funny is about my, my dad. He doesn't give a damn. I mean, he cares about the sports. But yeah. I remember one time I missed a deer. And, hey, I don't think the son has talked to him for about three days. <laughs> he was mad at he you. He was boy. pissed. It was like he was yeah. a failure of a father. Yeah. Damn it, my son can't shoot a gun. That's unbelievable. So, oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. And it's it's a little bit of a different world here. You good, Brian? You need anything? A little closer. Uh, closer. It is a little bit of a different world here in the Northeast because – we have hunting and fishing, mm-hmm. but from a standpoint of getting introduced to it as a kid mm-hmm. through your family, doesn't happen as much. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen as much. But there's something else. And again, this is just my opinion. If you think I'm wrong, please tell me. Mm-hmm. When you grow up in Texas and Oklahoma, besides hunting and fishing, there's other thing that's that I feel like is part of the culture, and it's football. It is. It's football. Tell mm-hmm. me, tell me about that. I mean, when when did it uh, when did it become part of who you are? Well, I remember, I guess it was Stephen Junior High games where I was at. Just. I don't hear anything. All right, there you go. Yeah. Brian DeCarver, you're messing up. Even just from an early age, being in junior high uh, sports, even all you know, all the stands are full for every game, and then yeah. like, I guess my best description of it would be like Friday Night Lights. How you go through the towns and everything be closed for a Friday night game because it know, was that way. Well, it's like if you win a district ball game, hey man, that's hey, that's a lot of hey, you can go places and, yeah. and feel good about it. You yeah. Know, if, you, if you're not winning, it's it's not a good thing. So yeah, that's how uh, high school football was, and I think it's just it's uh, you know it's getting very competitive now. Like, yeah. You know, some of those big schools in Dallas and Houston, you know, powerhouses produce a lot of athletes over the years, so it's. Um, you know, a lot like Friday Night Lights as yeah. far as the field, the energy, yeah. uh, you know, starting every August. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's a cool part of the culture because um, up here in the Northeast, and, and Brian DeCarpenter, Miss Janet, Miss Becky, back me up on this. That that feeling of what you're describing, Friday mm-hmm. Night Lights, I don't think that's as much a part of the culture here. I didn't experience that in high school. I didn't experience experienced it at college we went to rowan their football teams ranked like three thousandth on the bottom of the list excellent but (laughs) but i didn't see it and feel it until our daughter our 19 year old started going to lsu dude the first lsu game i went to lane i swear i i i wasn't even there yet i was like tailgating i was like walking around campus i could feel that energy and it was so dude it was so real like you could you could cut it with a knife. People wait all year for this. People it's... wait all year, but that that's is the environment to a certain extent that you grow up in, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, yep. that that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, I didn't I didn't have this note written down, but I did want to pull out this fact, and this is just me and you talking over dinner. You actually like basketball better. Mm-hmm. Growing up, you liked basketball. That's better all I than did. Football. I mean, I had a driveway, a pretty big driveway, so 
He put a basketball goal up, and that's what, that's what I did. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, so even where I was from, so basketball was pretty much the main sport over football. Um, right. And it was very competitive as far as youth leagues. I mean, it was it was a big deal every right. year. Right. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Well, what position did you play in basketball? I played the three in high school. Uh, and earlier, I played some power forward. Never did, never really played center. You think I played yeah. center, but – I like to stay out, stand outside, shoot the three. Yeah. Every now and then, take it in. Wow. Now, do you See still do you still shoot hoops every once in a while now? Every now and then, when Gabe needs to get beaten horse, we'll get out there in that driveway and, and get some people set straight. So, <laughs> I like to do that every now and then. So. Any any financial little bets happen during? Ah, uh, sometimes. Yeah, I think we actually got some teammates <laughs> coming in this this off season. We're supposed to. It was supposed Ooh. to be Brandon Brooks and Isaac. Uh, yeah. Sam Alu was supposed to play for some. For some money, I was hey, I was getting ready to maybe put in some money myself in just to see that. So yeah, we'll see. That's awesome. Um, so I, I want to switch gears, talk about now. So football at some point took over, and you mm-hmm. started, you know, saying, "Man, this is this is my passion. This is mm-hmm. what I love. I'm driven by it." Um, but your town that you grew up in was a small town. Mm-hmm. So your high school. You weren't getting the visibility that other places were getting. Yeah, so Des Bryant went to Lufkin, which is right, you know, 30 minutes from where, where I'm at. It's a 5A school, and so he may have a thousand kids in his class. Right. And, you know, here I am. I think I graduated with 33. <laughs> and so graduating class of 33, incredible. Yeah, so we had a lot of two-way players, and it was just, it was, you know, what I liked about it was that you had to be gritty. You know, it was yeah, wasn't necessarily, you know. Fun all the time. It was just, you know, every game was long, but it was, um, you know, as far as recruiting, I mean, I can understand why. I mean, I have to go to powerhouses, too. Yeah. Um, you know, the Katie's and Houston and the Dallas schools. Yeah. So, yeah, it's some of those small towns get easily overlooked. Yeah. So, graduating high school, you're at this place where you're like, man, this is, I, I love this. This is, I'm passionate about it. This is yeah. something I want to do. How did you, where, where did you position yourself to, to get to the next level? Yeah, I was I was very stressed out that summer because I had some school I had some small offers. I think Rice offered me, and then a couple Division One AA schools offered me, but I always wanted to go to Division One to a prominent school. That was always my goal. So yeah, um, coming out, you know, I didn't want to you know go to those schools. So I went to junior college, uh, Kilgore, and, and played there for a year. And after that year, I was probably I was doing some split time at quarterback and then at tight end and there in the spring. And so I had a good spring. I was probably 250. And uh, actually my my coach from high school, Keith Thomas, played at Oklahoma. So he knew Merv Johnson, who was, I think, the head of recruiting at the time at OU. So we would make trips up there in Norman uh, during the during that off season, going into my second year of college. And then uh, as we went through Fort Worth, Dallas area, we would go visit TCU. So ultimately those two schools ended up offering me and I ended up choosing OU. Yeah, that's awesome. That's mm. awesome. So here's the two things. I want everybody listening to this to, to think about these two things. The one is, this is a shock to me, you were a quarterback. Mm. You quarterbacked. Dude, can I give an analogy, Zog, in the fishing world? Trevor, I'm sorry. Trevor in the fishing world. Gone, <laughs> gone from quarterback to your position now is like being a finesse guy that likes to fish with six-pound tests and 50 foot of water to a power fishing guy that wants to sling a jig and a frog all, all day. With, with some braided line. With braided line. With yeah. heavy with power pro. Power pro. Power pro. 30 pound test. T- so tell me about that. Yeah, it wasn't really a want to. It was really by force. Uh, yeah, so actually, uh, 
I was trying to test my arm out the other day. Hey, ask Josh McCown if you ever see him. Just ask him the other day. We were slinging it out there. But, uh, yeah, so basically I wasn't playing much. Or when I, when I got to Oklahoma, I was recruited as a tight end. As a tight end. Because that's what they saw me in the spring. And yep. so as I got there, um, I played some games sparingly. I was a backup tight end. They ended up switching to defensive end for a little bit. And so going into the spring of my junior year, uh, one of our tackles got hurt. And Bob Stoops comes up to me and asks me if I want to switch. I'm like, hell no. Who wants to be a lineman? Right. <laughs> be, be, be one of the fat so guys. your fir- your first instinct was hell I'm, no. I've Fuck always, that. I've always been a skill position player. Yeah. It's like uh, Sunshine from Remember the Titans, you know, go and play some offensive guard, offensive tackle. Hey, yeah. Hell no. I right. I want to do it. And then, you know, spring was closing up, and I was at the back end of the depth chart on the DN. So, <sighs> shit. Next thing I knew, I was in pass rush drill over there. <sighs> Yeah. Put on about 20 pounds. Let's go. I'm in there starting or, or starting at Florida State when we played them. And so, yeah, it all went by really quick. So, right. my, so my junior year, I played right tackle. And then my senior year, I played left. So, yeah. really, you know, I went from not really playing to, um, you know, out there shuffling my feet. That's what I'm saying. A lot of what I do is I think can be attributed to basketball just because how quick and, you know, just the footwork that comes to right. playing tackles pretty – yeah, consistent with basketball, short, quick movements, and yep. being explosive. So yeah, I think all that helped me. Yeah. Now this this is a great segue to my second point, which is, dude, I I cannot stress, and Becky, we were talking about this earlier, which is too many, and I, I'm switch everything fishing world because that's all I know. But so many lanes, so many young fishermen, young kids coming up now, think that you know it, it's just all talent-based everything should be easy they create this plan in their head on the way it should be and when i look back at what you're talking about your early career dude you were work nothing was a given for you nothing nothing was ever laid out for you you worked really hard to 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 get where you're at Mm. and you didn't you didn't plan on get being where you're at you you had a different vision, but it yeah. just happened on its own, right? Yeah, especially what position I'm playing. Like, right. To be honest, I think if I, I I could play tight end if I had to do it all over again, I think that I still had the ability to. Yeah. But hey, it's not bad. Right. No, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's uh, <clears throat> what I like about it is just uh, the brotherhood and the old line, and you know, usually they're kind of unassuming, um, you know. Yeah. Until they uh, jump off sides or give up a sack, and then. <laughs> So, and, uh, <laughs> until that happens, until that happens, till shit hits the fan, that's when you get noticed. But no, I just found a newfound respect for those guys because, you know, over the years, you know, if I'm being honest, I was a quarterback, you know, I'm worried about throwing touchdown passes, not really the blocking protections. Yeah. And that's probably why I got switched. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. I'm a big believer. We've in, uh, the six years of doing this podcast, I cannot tell you how many people have come on and where their life and their career ended up happened just like the story you told it wasn't necessarily exactly what they planned yeah but it happened through a series of events mm-hmm. that led you there and it's awesome dude whether you're religious or whether you're you meditate or whatever view you take so amazing to me dude that stuff happens the way it's supposed to happen mm-hmm. do you believe that do you believe that you're where you're supposed to be in life yeah i think a lot of it's about how you think and how you talk to yourself what kind of conversations are you having for yourself i guess yeah. is where you want to be yeah. I guess your personality type. If you want to go out and go get it, I think you can make whatever you want happen. Yep. Yep. All right. I want to switch up now. So let's let's flash forward a little bit and let's talk about 
the draft, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and if I'm not mistaken, first 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 round draft pick, mm-hmm. and two teams looking really hard at you. I can't remember what the other one was. It was Philly and somebody else. Uh, Miami. Miami. Mm-hmm. And I want to know about the mindset as all this is going down because in the fishing world, the closest thing we have to this, Brian DeCarpenter, back me up, or Becky, back me up, would be like when a sponsor, right? We don't, we don't necessarily have a draft, but the closest thing we have is like when a big sponsor is creating a team. You know, and you're sitting in the wings, and you kind of where, where are we going? What are we doing? Yeah, you, you know, you know, like you know, you're on this list of Team Toyota or Team whatever, and you're like, oh, look, you know, what's what's, and it's a big thing. Walk, yeah. walk me through that, because a lot of people listening have they can't even fathom what the emotions are. Walk us through that just a little bit. Yeah, so well, first of all, my family's never been to New York, so here we are at Radio City Music Hall. And uh, I was sitting back there in the green room, and then once, you know, the drafts, so the Chiefs had the first pick, and it's like, it's here. And it's like, um, you really have no control, so it's really right. um, just kind of an emotional moment. You're trying to be in the moment because you don't have any control. But, yeah. Um, so your fam- your family's offset. Yeah, yeah no, 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 we're all at the table together. You're all together. So, so you're allowed a certain amount of people yeah. um, to be with you back there in the green room. And uh, really uh, – are they more nervous than you are, or are you? Hell, are all you? Hell, at, it's all. It's a shit show. It's, it's a shit. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. Emotions running high. Yeah. And you got hey, just drama everywhere. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. But my ex, I was thinking, you know, maybe the Chiefs are gonna pick me number one. I didn't really feel it. Yeah. But, uh, I actually got a funny story. So, in at the combine, the first interview I had was with the Chiefs. And so, like I said, my first start was playing right tackle at Florida State, and I was out there getting just my ass whooped. I was laid off the ball. First start ever. I'm out there nervous. And so they put on that film, uh, Andy Reid does, and uh, he goes, what's what's going on here, son? I said, I'm getting my damn ass whooped, coach. I said, that's what it looks like, doesn't it? They didn't know what to say. They were laughing. But <laughs> what did Andy say? He started laughing. He didn't know what to say. <laughs> he didn't know what to say. And so after the Chiefs, it was it was Jacksonville. Um, but really, my deal, I thought Miami because we talked a lot uh, during the process right. and the draft. Right. And so whenever um, they were calling the, the third pick, they had a camera on me and they had a camera on Deion Jordan. And so um, my agent was like, here we go. We're going to Miami. And we started. And then Deion Jordan, I was like, whoa. And then um, – Right after that, I knew the Eagles. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to get passed up just because yeah. what they needed in the draft, the talks that we had, and really just the interaction I have with my coach now, uh, Jeff Statlin. So he was in my, he was at Alabama coaching uh, at the time. He was our offensive line coach. So his first year in the NFL was, was my first year. So wow, you matched up. And he yeah. actually he actually came and worked me out back in my hometown in Groveton. So on my high school field. Wow. So, and, uh, yeah, we actually saw that video not too long ago, back seven, eight years That's ago. That's pretty, cool. pretty funny. That's awesome. He had a, he had a little, bit, uh, little bit more color in his hair back in those days. <laughs> I guess all the stress I've been putting through. <laughs> all it's alive. You take credit for all the grays that he has? Uh, yeah, a lot of them. Oh, man. That, that's awesome. What a cool story. I, I, I don't know. I can't even imagine what that feeling's like, you know. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of something that's happened in my career. But it, it's it's awesome. It's exciting. It's anxious. All all rolled into one. Yeah, and and during you know really those college years, you're always trying to get to where you want to be. You know, you're yeah. always trying to get places. So once you get drafted, you're established. Okay, now I can work, and now I can. So yeah. I, after all that process ended, uh, you got to slow down a little bit. But yeah, yeah it was uh you know doing the the combine. So you're training for the combine, and then I have the senior bowl. Yeah. 
um, or the senior bowl, then the combine. It's just a long, it's a long process. So right. it feels good when the draft's finally there, right? And, and you kind of know what's, yeah. what's about to happen. Now, if I'm not mistaken, too, in my research at the combine, and you could you could puff your chest out a little bit right here, you just like kicked ass. You, I, I remember I ran, ran fast. I remember reading a lot of the stats, and you were you pe- people were like had their jaws down at some mm-hmm. of the numbers you had at the combine. Yeah, it was just. Uh, I mean, I've always been able to run. And yeah. So. You know, and far as, you know, I think the thing that, that really helped me was the senior bowl because right. they saw me against Big 12 competition, but I got, got to go against the SEC and ACC opponents. Right. So I think that was probably – In even, a broader spectrum. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, you know, a lot of those guys like the combine, but uh, they would rather see a guy play. So that was probably bigger for me than the actual combine was. Right, right. Mm-hmm. All right, now, Lane, I, you know, this is Ike Live. Whenever we say Ike Live, we, we do these very – real questions i have to throw at you okay. and the only rule here at ike live you know it the only rule is you can't lie okay you got to be honest okay, okay. so tags. here it goes this moment they say philadelphia eagles now i want to know a before and after what was your view of philadelphia as not just as a football team not just the eagles as a football team but what was your view of philadelphia as a sports city the fans, the scene. Coming from Texas. Be honest now. Your view yeah, of so, Philly before all this happened. Well, one of my favorite movies is the Rocky series. And right then. Dun, 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 uh, yeah, so we got that. And then as a young child, when I went through my Disney face, they had that show Garbage Kicking, Field Goal Kicking, Philadelphia <laughs> Phenomenon. So, I never heard of that. You blend those two? <laughs> and that was my. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. go, go look that go look that up. Look that up. So yeah, that was my that was my image. So wow, I, I knew it was uh, far as the similarities to Texas was a passion. So I knew that very I, passionate. So I knew the far as the intensity was going to be that. But other than that, I'm going. Well, where the hell am I going? Yeah. And so after that, uh, wow, so that's it was surpri- all brand new. That surprises me, but like no major negative connotations. Like, oh Christ, Philadelphia, like you know, like I was really uh, kind of. What you see is what you get. Right. Kind of the, the purity of it, honestly. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now reflect back on it. Now, now take it from the other side. Now here, here you are, you are an eagle through and through. Mm. Uh, you're beloved by fans. You are more a part of the team than anybody in the history of the Eagles. Is your view the same? Do you have a new appreciation for Philadelphia sports and the Eagles, or or how's it changed all these years later? Um. I guess really the the passion never dies. I mean, the game days is what you really live for. But yeah. I think uh, just getting, you know, with the NFL, there's so many people coming and going. So I like seeing all these new guys, these young guys, and them come up and to where I can help them, kind of what Jason Peters and some of the older guys did with me when I was young. Yeah. I could kind of help try to pass some of that knowledge that's uh, cool. back. So I think that's kind of the cool thing. That is really cool. That's uh. Just because you know what these guys are walking in through. They, yeah. They, you know kind of what emotions they're feeling, and it's a way to – um, kind of steal them right. I don't want to overdo it. Yeah. Let them figure out things for themselves, it, but but to be there. Do all the more senior guys have that attitude and viewpoint, or is? Yeah. Well, it's just kind of how Kelsey was towards right. me. Uh, even JP, Evan. I mean, I had a lot of older guys. Todd Harriman's my work, my rookie year, so I was surrounded by older guys right when I got there. And, and they so, all, they all. That's how the culture was. Right. And I think that was, that's been passed down for you know a long time. Right. See, that's good because in the fishing industry. I think, <laughs> honestly, dude, and I ain't going to name any names, not going to do any of that, but so many veteran pros in the sport, they see these young kids coming up, it's right? It's a threat. It's a threat. 
dude, it's a threat to everything that they are, are about, their sponsorships. <laughs> their way of life. Oh, yeah, their way of life. And they're like this. When I'm like, I like what you're, I like your theory, and I, I, I try to be like that as much as I can, which is, dude, this is the future. This is the next guy. This is the next me. That's important, man. Yeah, but hey, I can also, under, uh, with fishing, hey, it's, don't steal my fishing spot. You right. Know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> of course. There's a man yeah. to go on that bank, and, and somebody may have to get their ass whooped. Hey, you know what I'm saying? We talked about that on the boat today. <laughs> yeah, tell that, me some good stories. That's happened. Uh, Lake Toho a few years back in the lock. Come on. You want to relive it with a spec? No. She doesn't relive any of that. No, no comment? No comment. Okay. Um, but I, I think, and we did talk about this on the boat today, I think, for those of you watching and listening right now that don't understand the Philly sports vibe from a perspective of being the athlete or the coach or the trainer or the fan, dude, it's very unique. It's, it's Passion's a good word. How else would you describe a Philly fan? Fanatical? Yeah, it's just... Uh, crazy? They're just so full of life and energy. It's a lot, yeah. it's a lot of energy at once. Yeah. It's a lot of energy. Um, it's like everything in their being is about their their city, their team, right? Yeah. It's so like, that's what I'm saying. The similarities. It's, it's almost football is not a thing. It's a religion. It's it it, it it is life. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And you feel that when you walk in the stadium. Yeah. Well, I I told this story to you guys, to you and Gabe earlier, and I want to tell it again. I I don't know if I've ever told something like live before or not, but um, we had the Bassmaster Elite Series come here in 2014. And uh, it's something that probably will never, ever happen again. And and uh, we the launches and weigh-ins were at Penn's Landing. And if I go in as the favorite. And all – I mean, the Penn's Landing, you cannot get a seat. For four straight days of this tournament, you cannot get a seat in the Penn's Landing arena there. And the first day <laughs> – Dude, I had an off day. Pressure's on. Pressure's on. I, I made bad decisions. It's tidal. I didn't follow that tide right. I, I made terrible timing decisions. And I came in with five. Dude, I had my fifth bite like an hour before, like 30 minutes before I had to come in. I came in with five that weighed eight and a half pounds. <laughs> terrible. Like less weight than we had today with the fish we caught. And um, <laughs> I came in with five that weighed eight and a half pounds. Brian Carpenter can remember this too because I remember him texting me like, what the hell, dude? So he's a Philly fan too, you, right? You loser. Yeah, you loser. Like you he texted me. It's my friend, loser. and he t- called me a loser. <laughs> and the biggest turn of my life, you what bastard. What are you doing? Yeah. Damn it. But I swear, dude, I, I went up on stage, and like they were like eight and a half pounds, and I'm like, <laughs> I didn't feel like grabbing the fish to weigh him. But I remember. <laughs> Just like that. I, Yeah. And I was like in the low 20s. I was like 27, 28. And I remember walking off stage, dude, and I felt this like really like vibe like they were going to fucking kill me <laughs> feels good they were disappointed and i knew i knew that if i didn't come back and try to win this they were going to kill me good thing it was july or they turned snowballs at you they would have thrown snowballs at me <laughs> uh i went on i i can't, had a comeback and i went on the win but do, do, do you get those same feelings sometimes you know yeah when we lost to miami this year hey there was damn, <laughs> first damn statues crying blood hey Hey, let me tell you something. They were, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, and it's hard to deal with, right? Was it just me, or is it hard to internalize that? Hell, yeah. Because you feel like you owe them, right? You feel yeah. like, you know, you're like, you're like, look, I'm doing what I love. I've got this dream job. Man, this is who I am. And then you go out and you have a bad performance. I had, I sucked. 
And yeah. you, I felt bad about it. Yeah. They wanted to kill me, and I felt bad about it. <laughs> what the hell's up with that? Hey, I promise you, there's m- many days where you like that on the field. <laughs> Especially when you're in the playoff hunt and you go drop a goose egg out there. Yes. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of that, Mike, uh, uh, Zach fishing with Bob, or Yak fishing with Bob on Instagram wants to know why your chair looks so big. Why my chair looks so big? <laughs> it's because that eagle behind him. <laughs> Well, just to let you guys Why know. Why is your chair so big, Mike? Hey, whatever. Just to let you guys know, it's a nonstop ball busting going on here. In my own studio, I get my balls busted. In your own house. In my own house. Lane, Gabe, just to let you know, I'm proud today I, I went, went up, up to bench pressing 130 pounds. So just hey. proud of myself. Well, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> It's pretty damn good. It's good, right? See? You got to start somewhere. That's what I mean. <laughs> Never give up. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a long, it's been a long time since I worked out. Uh, but through the through the bad, you know, we 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 kind of were talking about some bad moments there as being a Philly uh, athlete, a Philly fan, a Philly supporter. There are freaking amazing moments too. There are amazing moments too. Uh, when I won, I, I can stop and think about what happened. The moment when they when they gave me that trophy and said you won, I'm like I'm like starting to tear up thinking about it, dude. I can remember, dude. It was like thousands of thousands of people that were just like in my face yeah. with this energy and excitement. And dude, I took that freaking trophy and I went right into the crowd because I wanted it to be for them. And it was the most Dude, I've won a classic. I've won an Angler of the Year. I've had all these big moments in my career. That's that it. moment Pinnacle. was bigger than anything that happened. Mm. I got to hear it from you because I know there are similarities. Tell, bring it, bring us back, because bring us, bring us back to the Super Bowl win, yeah. because it had to be not just the moment that you guys won, but the shit that goes down over the next couple of days. Bring it, bring me back there. Because yeah. I, I didn't get to make any of that. I, w- I was at an event. I didn't get. I wasn't physically there, but I got to know. I just think over the years that Philly's always has always been the almost team that you know they played for no for. Yeah. Had their ups and downs. Had some good years, but never could really quite close it off. So. Yeah. And then when all our people got hurt and kind of we weren't supposed to be there, I feel like all that was good for us. It made us uh, drew us closer, and then it made us kind of. Kind of made us carefree, and it made us, I think, play better and gel together. Yeah. So when we had that type of energy, um, and it was there for the taking that day, I think um, everybody, I don't know, just it was a, uh, it all went by so fast, but it was, um, it was a lot of fun. I think what made it fun was just the guys on the team. That's what yeah. I, even with football in general, it's just the guys that you're there with in yeah. the season. And yeah. So um, one of my favorite moments is I think whenever Brent Selleck was talking to us he said hey man when i was a young player we were at the I think the nfc championship game and he said and i was like hey man i'll be back he said here i am in year 11 and i and this is the last time i've been back this is the only time i've been back and so probably winning it for a guy like him was right probably the, wow because seeing his face after the, you know because what it means to him after all these years spent in and watching him win it yeah when and watching some of these guys um that have been in the organization for a long time win it that was probably the most gratifying thing about it and then I remember right when the the uh, um, 
final seconds went off. I was just I was sitting on the on the bench. I watched everybody just storm the field. Everybody's going crazy. I just kind of sat there for about ten seconds and watched everybody run around and went and started hugging hugging you know so players. So you sat back. Yeah. You, you you wanted to soak it all in. So you didn't you weren't in that initial like and not get trampled at the same time. But the lions I don't think anybody could trample you. But. Uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, <laughs> So let the Lions clear out for about 10, 15 seconds, and I got wow. up and joined the party. But, yeah, it was, How it cool. was special. Mm. How cool. Is there – looking back on that day, is there one thing besides that, besides those 10 seconds when you sat there, is there one thing that you remember, just vividly remember about that game that was that was special? <sighs> the Philly Philly. Yeah, it was probably just, just the calmness before the game. It was – that was kind of eerie. The calmness. Yeah. Wow. It was like – uh, it was it was a looseness. It was a it was a confidence. Right. And I think that was I think that was developed through the year because there wasn't a game where we went in that we knew we weren't overmatched with you know talent. Yeah. We knew we had the ability. We knew we had the the leadership, and so that's a good feeling knowing you have all those going into games. And yeah. it was just uh, a lot of that dealt with a lot of the veteran players kind of showing us the way. So. Yeah. Mm. It's amazing. I mean, I I can't I can't imagine. I mean, there's so many. How, how many players? in the history have been through the NFL that have never got to experience that moment. I mean, thousands and thousands, right? Never got to even play in that game, Yeah, let alone win it. That's what made me, you know, the older guys and yeah. that, that have been there for a long time that have yeah. never, like, especially Brent. Yeah. It's because he was, you know, he was one of those guys that was, he was just tough, man. Uh, if he was ever hurt or, you know, he just always came through. So that's yeah. one of my favorite moments. It's very, very cool. And by the way, uh, uh, we went in and Becky made some amazing uh, chicken chicken white chili for us. And we were in there real quick. I snuck you into my office and I let you hold the classic trophy, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Because I, yeah. I, I think there is a similarity there. You know, yeah. our, our classic is, it's it is. our Super Bowl. That's yeah. as close as we yeah, have that, to it. That means you're trying to It's in the case. I, hey, I, do, I do want to touch it. <laughs> I would like to touch it. I want to touch it in the back. <laughs> Definitely want to touch it in the back. Yeah. 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 And I was, I was surprised at how heavy it was. And I was telling you how when I picked up the Super Bowl trophy, I was like, what, what the, the hell? hell? So I worked my whole life to pick up this damn light thing. And it was like 11 pounds? Yeah, 11 or 12. Um, how about that? So there I you go. Surprised. I was surprised. I was like, I thought it'd be heavier, but it feels feels cool. I don't know what that means, but the classic <laughs> trophy weighs forty or fifty, and the Super Bowl trophy is only eleven. So I don't know. Twelve. I don't. I don't Something know what like that, that. Yeah. Um, oh, you, are you on, Bry? Let me just make sure. <clears throat> I just want to make sure you're on. I, I I can't hear you great through my phones, but I just want to make sure your mic's on. Okay. Okay. Um, the other really, really cool moment, and by the way, uh, let's take it back just for a super second. When you guys won, we were at Lake Martin in Pell City, Alabama, fishing an elite event, and I was with John Cruz and Ish Monroe in a rental house. We watched the game. We're in this pristine rental house where you're not supposed to damage anything everything's supposed to be you know it's a nice rental house yeah dude the moment that you guys won and john crew i, I gotta get you the video of this dude i did a to- full-on tom cruise oprah winfrey 
and I'm jumping on the couch at the rental house screaming, yeah, yeah. And, and here, you know, John and Ish aren't necessarily Eagles fans, you know, so they're looking at me like, okay. <laughs> that's just that's, that's years and years of rage just built years up. Years and years of rage. Been waiting to come out. And pride. Pride, and pride yeah, yeah. mixed in there. But uh, that that's my story about when, when you guys won. But the course of the next couple of days are really, really special, too, because – of course, you guys are celebrating. It's a huge moment. There's fanfare. There's media. There's interviews. But talk a little. I, I need you to talk a little bit about what happened at the parade because that that, that a, happened. That happened. Yeah. But, but watching it, it was super special to me as a fan <laughs> watching what went on, and especially the dog mask. Come on, t- give. Give me the background on this. I know yeah, we talked crit, about it a little yeah. bit on the water, but give me the background on it. Yeah, it was really uh, for, you know, because we weren't expected to do much in the playoffs. Yeah. So, uh, Chris Long was like, we should get some masks, some underdog masks. Underdogs. So yeah. It was Chris Long's idea, so should have went well, online. Bill Brooks has that mask. Next, next thing you know, some German Shepherd masks make, make its way. I told Jason Peters to hold them so after the game when we win to pull them out, so we did, and then – I don't know. I mean, that's the kind of energy you get from Philly. You yeah. know, even with the Rocky movies, yeah. kind of that whole um, mentality, I think it really caught on. And a lot of fun. It was, it was a lot of fun at the time. And, uh, yeah, the, the, they went from, like, $12 to $42. It's, the, the, the mass did, and I thought that was pretty funny. It's unbelievable. So uh, when, when we looked at it, when we went back and, and looked at it, literally they sold out, like, overnight. And it, it's it, if I'm not mistaken, Amazon was importing them from China. They couldn't get them back in quick enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you regret not getting a royalty on any of that? I think I, I didn't have time. I mean, that's I a, mean, you somehow, dude, you got you got you got big people working for you. You should have gotten licensing to that. We got big people with with small minds working for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is Gabe included in that or not included in that? That was directed at myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It, it was awesome, and uh, I'm going to try to do this real quick. I mean, the mask appeared at the Ice Foundation. It did. It did. So, yeah, we so had – It breaks out every, every oh, Friday God, night. it was so good. And uh, I want to try to get this uh, over to Brian the Carpenter real quick if I can. Today, just as a little, little memento of that, I broke out the hat as well. So I'm going to get this over to Brian. I don't know if we can put this up on the screen or not, but uh, I want to send it to you. Um, had to be a, just a, a party. Had to be an amazing party. The energy. Yeah. Just, what, what did it feel like? You know, the fans. It, it, I felt like a drunk blur, if I'm being honest. <laughs> for, me, for being honest. Yeah. No, a, lot was, dr- a lot of drinking. A lot of it, celebration. It was funny just being on the bus and really people everywhere. It was just, you know, people on the sidewalk, people on stairs, people on roofs, people everywhere. In, people in trees. And trees. People had beer everywhere. There was just cans going everywhere and people getting hit. You know, you catch one hit, here we are, we're ducking. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and then it was, you know, and then once you get to that point, you start feeling good. Then we start hopping buses. And all I remember is Kelsey, Kelsey, I'm following Kelsey the whole time. He's got his, uh, costume on, <laughs> running around, slapping hands. It was like, it was like Billy Madison. I was following, or not Billy, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. It was like Happy Gilmore just going on a rage. Oh my God. So yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I would have loved to experience that. It had to be good. Uh, I, I got to talk about this before, before we go on. And, and this, by the way, if everybody's watching and listening right now, if you're going to listen to this later, we're, this ain't going to be a three-hour podcast, believe me. I know Becky's back there like, not another three-hour podcast. I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> not another one. Not another one. But I do want to talk about 
I got to talk about the rivalries. And I and again, I need to know about it because yep. in fishing, believe it or not, and and you know, a little harder to draw the analogy because in fishing, it's a single. It's you, right? Yeah, you're your it's, competition. It's I mean, me, this, yeah. and you know, my competition's either the other angler or the fish, right? That's exactly. my competition. So yep. it's a little different from fishing to football. But in but in pro fishing, there are rivalries. Mm. Some are real. I would say some are real where anglers have this. They may not be real to you. They may be real to them. Right. Have a love-hate relationship yeah. and the fans view it. And some of them, I think, are manipulated by the media. Kevin Van Dam's one. And, and for years, the fans always assumed that Kevin and I had this, you know, relationship where we butt heads. Makes it more interesting. Yeah. It? We hate each other. We're rivals. And that was manufactured. So there's real ones. There's manufactured ones. Talk to me about the two specifically with the Eagles, because the two that come to my mind, obviously, Dallas, first and foremost, I would say, and then maybe Redskins would be number two. The Giants is another one. Talk to me about some of those rivalries. Yeah, I mean, there's games and there's division games. I mean, obviously, you don't want to make one game bigger than the other, but it is what it is. Yeah. Playing Dallas, there's a lot of of people, you know, a lot of pride on the line. Right. A lot of of bragging rights on the line. Yeah. And – yeah, so really those games. I mean, when I'm thinking, when I'm thinking of the Redskins, well, I'm thinking, well, hey, I got to block Ryan Kerrigan all game. Yeah. So it's gonna be fun. All right, Dallas, I got, I got uh, Demarcus Lawrence, so that's gonna be fun. And then uh, the Giants. I mean, it's 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 all very competitive, but really right. those weeks. Um, I think the biggest thing is to draw it all external, like factors and try to clear your mind because that's right. the thing during the season there's so what's much going on, on so much what's going to happen if they win that you know yeah a lot of stuff that can kind of fog your mind and so taking that out d- of the distract equation, you yeah focusing and, on what you, your job what that, you do that's what coaches preach a lot because right you know we live in a, in a distracted world where it's easy and that's what our world likes to do is, yeah is to you know, so Lane, there's focus. nobody from the Giants you're worried about? Is that what I heard? Huh? <laughs> there was literally well, hell, I didn't really play the them this year. I played them for about a quarter, oh. so I didn't really get to experience the Giants this year. I remember last year they had Olivier Vernon, so yeah. Gotcha. It's like riding a damn bull. Go <laughs> <laughs> against that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. I have other guys that can vouch for that, too. Guys strong. Wow. That's crazy. So in, in the advent of social media days, we've got mm-hmm. Twitter, we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook. Are there real personal rivalries between you guys? I mean, is, are there – and you don't have to name any names. Are there uh, guys that you just you, – you, you go – you know, you see that game coming up, week, whatever, and you're like, I hate that fucking asshole. I don't hate him. I respect him, but I like – I think it makes it fun kind of every now and then. Yeah. Talking some shit. Hey, sometimes it backfires, but sometimes you get yours. It's just it's, – Yeah. It's what the game's about. But really, um, far as that, I feel like with social media, everybody puts their best best foot forward. Everybody's having just a damn perfect day when, you know, a lot of times they're not. So right. it's just all – Right. It can be a good thing, but it can be a lot of smoke, smoke and mirrors too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did talk a little bit about that earlier too when we were talking about uh, – we were talking UFC – Talking to Conor McGregor and guys like that that are, were so, have been so good at smack talking, mm. and it seems like it elevates their game. Yeah. Did you ever utilize that in your career? Hell, hell yeah. Talking smack to actually elevate your I, performance. I think when you put that pressure on on me, I think the more pressure, the better I play because I, I right. don't know what it does, but if you're more heightened awareness, yeah, uh, kind of awakens your body. If you feel, I guess you feel alive is what you feel. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I did do that. I, I, I've I done that in my career. But it's hard to sustain it. It's, it's like, hard to sustain it. It's like it. boxers, hey, they got this one fight. Well, hey, oh, shit, I got 15 more games after this. I got to back this shit up. So, yeah. It's hard to sustain it. And I haven't always been right either. I've, I've, I remember talking shit a few times where I talk shit about going into a tournament and beating them up, and I catch crap. <laughs> okay. Like, especially places I, I know, like Lake Champlain, I remember. Like, it's up. I mean, I've been fishing Champlain since 90, and, I, you know, man, I just was talking smack. These guys are in big trouble. Backfired? If you win practice, you lose the tournament. Oh, yeah. If you win practice, you lose the tournament, and it backfired. But I've also done the opposite way. The classic uh, of, of 2014, I bombed. I had a shitty classic, and I was so pissed off. I got up on stage, and I, I remember literally in front of – classic's our biggest stage ever. <laughs> Arena of 30,000 people. And I went up there, and I knew Delaware River and Philly was going to be on the schedule. And I went up there and said, man, I said, I'm, you, you watch out. You wait for – I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said, you know, when that tournament comes around, all of them are in trouble. I'm going to win that one straight straight out. You know, and I talk smack, and it worked for that one. Yeah. But I've had ones where it didn't too. You know? Yeah. I think it's uh, – I don't know. Get yourself more motivated. Yeah. I think when you do that, and it's – I don't know. I think it's worked out for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Brian the Carpenter, Michael. as a fan of the <laughs> Eagles, take me back in the history of the Eagles. Is there one moment in the in the chronicles of the Eagles' history since you were a young lad that you look back on and say, man, that was my fondest memory of the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, clearly the Super Bowl, which was ridiculous. That game was almost unreal. Just, you know, beating the Patriots, you couldn't imagine anything better. But, you know, aside from that, going back to the Randall Cunningham days, they were pretty wild. You know, there's a lot of random moments that he he did some shit that shouldn't have happened. You know. Yeah, Do you Gumby. You remember Randall Cunningham, or was that? Before yeah, he was you... Stretch Armstrong. He could just <laughs> he was he, 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 had, he had unique balance and just athleticism yeah, at, at the quarterback. It was he was a lot of fun to watch. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> super super fun. Yeah, and and Ron Jaworski is a big. I'm Ron icon. Jaworski. Jaworski, Jaws, Jaws is a big icon. He's a great dude, great yeah. dude. You know, do you know Ron personally? Uh-huh. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's around a lot. Around yeah. a lot. Is it like, so we, we talked earlier about some of the icons of fishing, and we were talking about Bill Dance, and I told you that I had, yeah. I had breakfast with him, and I was like, it's Bill Dance. Yeah. Was it like that with Ron, or was it more was it more kosher? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of those guys. Yeah. I mean, even even Dawkins, uh, you know, even mm-hmm. Harold Car- Carmichael. But as far as teammate-wise, probably my rookie or whenever Mike Vick was a quarterback, you know. Yeah. Growing up, you know, everybody had the old four Madden. He was a cover of it. That's that's who you played with when you played right. Madden. So, yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I want to uh, – Brian DeCarver, I'm going to switch gears. And yes. I've only got, like, three other things on my list here. It's I, not going to be – I've got something. Two not- yeah. What do you got? Um, what's that say? Ron's back cowboy on the uh, <laughs> said he was benching 130 in middle school. Uh, oh. it goes back a little bit, but it's just whatever. Hey, we don't believe in it. You got to do it now. Shout out to Ron's back cowboy. Whatever. <laughs> meet, meet, me at, meet me at the gym, bro. Meet me at the bro barn. We'll see. <laughs> Put it all on the line. I don't care. It's not real. It's not like social media. That's right. It's not real. It's not real. It's all. It's all crap. Uh, I do want to change topics, and uh, I, I got to address this with you. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. The money uh, that you guys make it, are making in football is unfucking believable. Some people are making. Some people are making. Most people, dude. The I'd venture to say, I'd venture to say, and we can get stats on this. The lowest 
paid professional football player in all the NFL is still probably making way more money than, let's say, number 70 on the, on the list in professional fishing. Would you agree with that? Well, probably. I got one but, for you. It's going to be funny. The same shit you're saying to me is what I'm saying to basketball players. <laughs> What I'm saying, the first baseman, you know, you know, they talk about all these, all these games the baseball players play. Every time I watch them, they're doing a whole lot of this. Yeah. Chewing their damn bubble gum, waiting for something to happen. That pit, <laughs> that pitcher's out there working his ass off. First, first baseman over there, forty yeah. million. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I'm jealous too. Like, 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 baseball's out of line. Basketball's <laughs> way the freak right. out of line. Them guys, yeah. are, them guys are sidelined with, right. with hangnails. Yeah. But football players. I mean, they beat the shit out of themselves. Yeah. Some guys get paid. Yeah. Some guys at the top get paid. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that have, you know, nine-month careers and are crippled for, you know. Yeah. Wear that shit for Absolutely. the rest of their lives. Absolutely. Yeah. I hear you. I, I know. I know. I, I had to bring it up. I had to bring this yeah. analogy yeah. up because yeah. – and, and here's the thing about it. Dude, I love – your story, I love stories like yours because, dude, you work for everything you got, and I love yeah, it. I have, dude, I applaud you for that. I applaud every every athlete for that that got to that point. But it blows me away. It blows me away, uh, in a good way. In a good way, honestly. Like fishing, we we talked about this out in the boat a little bit today. Our sport aspires to get to the level of a football or a baseball or a basketball, to right. to the to the point where. We bring in more fans, and mm-hmm. and people can make a better living. Mm-hmm. We aspire to, to have what a lot of you guys have in the NFL. You mm-hmm. know, it's a, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, does right. it blow you away? Did, I mean, like I pinch myself now, just that I get the fish for a living. But does it blow you away? <sighs> yeah, but really, I mean, far as, as the money's concerned, <laughs> man, I don't live. I live. I live like like Forrest Gump. I mean, hey. I'm not. You're a normal dude, and I can dude. I yeah. I I can tell that. I know yeah, so, I know that. I, I can see that. Um, as far as that's concerned, but uh, other than that, I mean, really, I just you know, as far as the football concept, that's never changed. As far as the passion and really what I do, I've always right. had the love for the game, and just more the the people that I'm in there with, my teammates, and I, you know, even um, when you're all, when it's all said and done, I think what most guys will remember is their teammates, who they played with, right. the guys they're around, because yep, your peers, you know, you know yeah. all, the, all this stuff fades away in time, but. Yeah. yeah, those relationships. Yeah, that's what lasts. Yeah. Now here's the great thing, and I I do want to uh, talk you up a little bit here, is I see I'm a fan of all sports, a lot of sports, and I see a lot of athletes get to a high level and make a tremendous amount of income and never give back. And mm-hmm. one of the things I want to talk you up for is, dude, you give back, which is amazing. I'm so glad you do. We, we, we were good friends with some other athletes that have charities, have foundations, um, work with scholarship funds. You give back. Is that is that something you always knew you would do, or is that something that came with success? Uh, when I had the opportunity to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's something, uh, I think, uh, just in my heart. Just, just you know, people that I've, you know, grew up with, the town I was in, you know, a lot of, you know, not a whole lot of stuff for these guys to work with, so whatever I can um, you know, that's my future plans, giving back to my high school. But as far as my, my college, um, you know, them getting a new locker room or a new weight room, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. That's something, you know, that can go back. And, you know, the coaches that were coaching me there, now they have into something, you know, I just want to pay it forward and yeah. light their lives up a little bit. So that's 
That's probably the funnest thing. Just watching how happy those guys are because that's what pays off. It's so good to see that because I see so many athletes, celebrities not do that. Mm. It's so awesome to see that. And, and what you're doing with, you know, education in the Philly area too mm. is awesome. We, we try to do that with the Ike Foundation with getting uh, kids in Philly and Camden, New York City, kids that don't normally fish. Yeah. Giving them the chance to fish, giving them an opportunity. I, I can't I can't say enough about what you do. I mean, that's so important, dude. Yeah, I, 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 I want people to know that, you know. I yeah. want people to – and I think everybody has a responsibility to do that, you yeah, know. I think it's just reflection, I guess, people that I grew up around. Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't have any money, but they – you know, what they did was, you know, if you're the next-door neighbor, you're like, you know, part of the family. So it's right. kind of a close-knit area. And so, you know, a lot, a lot of good people where I come from, so – yeah. Anything to make their lives better and help yeah. them out a little bit, uh, you know, I'll do that. That's awesome. Well, hats off for doing that. Um, I, I, yeah, Brian DeCarpenter, what do you got? Um, what was the guy's name again on YouTube? Uh, Brownsback Cowboy said he was making uh, bass fishing money in in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> doing what? <laughs> wow. How? Yeah. Uh, Bronze Back Cowboy, I think, was selling a little weed outside. Or something. It sounded <laughs> Some like little today. dime bags out back. Yeah, a little dime yeah, bag out the back, out, the, out of his locker. On the school dumpsters. He's making plays. He's making plays. Out. He's trying. <laughs> uh, I've got – this is the last thing I had on my notes, and we did talk a little bit about it out in, out in the water today. Mm-hmm. Got to talk about it again. Um, talk about what's next What's next for you because you're very competitive. I could, I could see – even when we were fishing, I could see – you're we and we talk about it. You're like me. Me and Becky are the most competitive people alive. I could see it in, in, in your eyes. You're competitive. But what's next? You know, looking forward to your future. Give me five years, ten years. What's next, Lane? What do you what do you what do you got planned for your life? Um, I think far as a player, I think what I want to be remembered as is uh, you know, I want to be one of the best right tackles to ever play the game. Um and so when people think of a guy that can, that's, that was unique for his position, I would like to be remembered as that. As uh, far as moving forward, uh, I mean, to think of, I mean, I've been around this game for a long time. I've been around lots of people, developed a lot of relationships. So probably be be a part of maybe the Eagles or a part of some team to where I can maybe evaluate talent, help out some way I can. It's not even about the money, but just yeah. being, being a part of something. So you want to stay in the sport, even even after your competitive drive is done, you're ready to walk away. Probably because I can transfer because I can transfer that energy into and, and help develop young kids. I yeah. think uh, with our coach, Coach Statlin, I think with with what I've seen from him as a coach and how he develops people, that's I mean, all you are is a teacher. Yeah. And so I think there's something more rewarding than passing on knowledge, watching it get in, um, I guess um, soaked in and then and then used. Yeah. So that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, I, I can tell you I want to do the same. And, you know, the interesting thing is, and we talked about it out there on the boat today, is um, the longevity of a professional angler is longer because, you know, it's more of a mental thing. Because <laughs> nobody's yeah. tackling you. Nobody's tackling you. And, and you know, Rick Clun, 70, 69, 70 and one last year. Tackled. Still has Rick Clun still hasn't been tackled. <laughs> still Speaking hasn't. of Rick Clun, though, Yes. Can, I, can I call you to the plate on the Rick Clun story? Yeah, so I grew up in Cold Springs, Texas. Uh, Cold Springs, Texas there um, ah. there on Lake Livingston. So Lake Livingston? Had a lake house, and, uh, man, I was just I was always crazy about fishing. And so anybody that ever came up close to my pier, I was asking, wait, can I get something signed? You know, a lot of these guys are just, you know, regular guys fishing tournaments, local tournaments. And so I go out there, he's like, 
sure, young man. And so he uh, he signs he signs a piece of paper for me. Then he gives me a bunch of stuff out of his tackle box, which you know all these years I've seemed to to, to lose. But anyways, <laughs> I get back and uh, one of my uh, family friends was there who knew a lot about fish. And he goes, "Are you kidding me?" He said. Boy, he just went down there and got a signature from a top ten angler in the world, <laughs> and he told me who it was, Rick Klun. And top so, ten, dude. At, or, or at, at the time, or top five, yeah. I guess that year. But yeah. he was saying what a, what a big deal he was, and so Rick Klun, long and that was probably That's, 1996, 97. It's unbelievable, and I told you, it's it's right, Gabe, right behind you. If you look in that frame, there's Mr. Klun right there, who yeah. who, in the sport of fishing, is one of the most iconic figures ever. Uh, a legend, you know, probably the greatest of all time. You know, he is the goat in, in fishing. And, dude, he yeah, actually yeah. gave you and, and baits. So, and his reaction was like, son of a bitch, what the you do? You just realize what you've done? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, man, I'm seven years, I'm eight, seven, eight years old. So uh, I, I had no idea at the time, but he was, man, he was, it was cool. That's cool so experience. cool. He's very unassuming. Yeah, and he was he was nice. I mean, a lot of these, you know, just give me stuff. I was tackling. Like, Here, you take it. Yeah. Had no clue. Very unassuming. Very, very unassuming. just. He he, you know, like something like that. He knew to do. You know, it was so amazing that he went out of his way and did that. But he would never make a big deal about that. Yeah. That's Rick. You know what I mean? That's just something he would do without wanting any accolades for it. Yeah. At all, you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Such a such a cool cool world. Brian Carpenter. So what's what's the uh, what's the outdoorsman? What's the fishing vibe like in the NFL? Um, there's a few guys that do it. Um, I'd say there's a fair amount, and and you tell me, but um, Brian Robinson, who's been on our show, awesome dude. We see him every year at the Classic. We see him at ICAST. Uh, you know, he's retired a couple of years now. Played mm-hmm. for the Vikings. Um, he runs a charity event. Loves to fish. Trent Cole. Uh, Trent reaches out to me here and there. He fishes the local South Fletcher Georgia stuff. Fletcher's fisherman. Yeah. Yep. Fletcher, Fletcher Carson. Yep. Yep. I've actually been to Trent's place before. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's a good outlet for us to, to get away. And I guess to preach to get away from the phone, go out there with your buddy and spend the day on the water. And even if you don't catch nothing, hey, you're out there solving a lot of a lot of the world's problems out there. So yeah. you get, hey, you're getting something accomplished out there, and it's yeah. and it's a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Solving your own problems. Yeah. Solving I, solving your own problems. Yeah. It's therapy out there. Hey, we're yeah. gonna do some therapy out there. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you this too. Uh, I don't I don't think I've ever said this, but uh, I fished with other professional football players before, and what I saw today, even though we didn't catch a lot from your mechanics, you're one of the best guys in the NFL I've ever fished with. <laughs> And <laughs> I know he's, he's not, not watching, watching but, but I want to say it. I had a chance to fish with Deion Sanders yeah. way back time. in the early 2000s. And you are way better than Deion Sanders. Yes. Uh, yes. I appreciate yes. that. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Lane, I can't thank you enough for, for sitting down with us for a little bit. Um, I, I We did talk a little bit about, about it out there. I can't imagine – you know, I know from our little world of fishing that, you know, the pressure of cameras and fans and media, it sucks sometimes. You just want to be a normal dude. You just want to, you just want to be you and live your life. And I know how that can weigh on you. Mm-hmm. So I can't thank you enough for taking some time out and doing this with me and and coming to fish with me. I mean, honestly, yeah, so this I, was this I, was a great moment for me. Thank you. Yeah, and this is what people want to see. They want to see the kind of you know who you are and and. 
and what you do. And yeah. I think it kind of gives a good insight for that. So it's, yeah. you know, it's all it is. And it's a lot of fun today. Well, so right before we sign out here, I want to make sure, and I want you to do it on film, you got to uphold our bet, which is, well, there's two parts to it. One, we're going to fish again together mm-hmm. under more I- uh, ideal conditions, <laughs> and we'll, we'll set that up. 17-degree wind chill was yeah, nice. Yeah, we, we don't want the 17-degree wind chill. But the second part of it is you guys are going to invite me out to the bro barn <laughs> for a little workout session. Yeah. And can we invite – what's this, the dick, a, that, the dick that keeps texting in? Can we invite him out there yeah, too? The brown cowboy, the brown cowboy. cowboy. Yeah, the brown cowboy. <laughs> Hey, I'll sit on one of those plyo boxes and watch this go down. So. <laughs> All right, let's not give him the address. But uh, but I, I, I do want to come out and, and hang with you guys for a day and and, and see. I want to see it. I, I'll be the weak guy lifting 130 pounds. We're getting, uh, we're getting some uh, new roof put on it and some insulation because, not going to lie, it's been pretty damn cold out there. We've been uh, getting a bunch of uh, propane heaters from the Home Depot. And just Warmer it, than it was today, though. Uh, so some days it's been pretty cold okay. there, but not as cold as this. Today was pretty. Hey, okay. Pretty damn cold today. All right. Lane, I appreciate yeah. it, dude. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, hope everybody had a good time watching tonight. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you have a blessed year. Uh, if you missed it, of course, uh, you can go back and watch any of these episodes, all the fireside chats, all the regular Ike lives. Go to ikelive.com. Go to Stitcher. Uh, go to YouTube. Also go to iTunes. If you're at iTunes, please leave us a favorable review. It'll help in some way. Trevor, I don't know how it'll help, but it helps somehow, right? Definitely. Okay. Uh, thank you, Gabe. Thank you. Uh, Lane, thank you. Brian Carpenter, thank, thank you. you. Uh, Trevor Zog, thank you tonight. <laughs> Appreciate it. Good night, everybody. Good night. Have a good one.